This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome. You are listening to the new premium bonus episode of Sitting Down with Dr. Dan. And I am here with our awesome producer, Laura Rossi, to answer your virtual mailbag questions. We are so grateful for all the questions that come in. Remember, you can DM us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or email us at podcast at drdanpeters.com. We read all of them. Laura, happy Monday night to you. Hi, Dr. Dan. We are uh, in the end of our day here on the East Coast. You are. Um, and it's kind of cool. We, we yes. haven't recorded on a Monday night before. so We have not, but we can do this anytime, anywhere. Yes, we yes. We, we are mobile yes. and we have technology on our side. So um, happy late afternoon to you, Dr. Dan. Thank you. Um, so here I am with you again, new sitting down with Dr. Dan. It is literally the middle of September. I don't know how that happened, but it means back to everything, back to school, back to work. And, you know, our four questions are on the theme of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, without further ado, question number one, and this came in actually from an email um, in August. So we know that the Southern schools, kids go back to school a little earlier, and that is exactly uh, where this is coming from. My children have been back in school for about one month. We live in the South. I'm stressed about the sudden lack of time we have as a family. I'm a busy working mom and out of practice because the last few years have been so odd. Do you have a secret way to make more time for me, Dr. Dan? <laughs> Secrets. Um, well... This is a challenge I think a lot of us are having coming through the pandemic or mostly through the pandemic or not as hopefully impacted by the pandemic as we have been for the last two and a half plus years. And now many parts of the country, school is for the first time a whole seemingly a whole school year is back to normal. And also, depending on where you work, people are going back to work, even if it's still a little bit hybrid, if you can still do that, more and more people are reimmersing in their previous lives. So this is a big change for us. And um, I think most of us couldn't even have imagined we would be able to have as much time together while juggling with the with the family. And um many people cherished it. I mean, there are, of course, were some which is like, okay, this is a little too much family time, right? Because there is such thing as too much family time, especially depending on how old your kids are. But I think now what we need to think about is quality over quantity. 
because for a lot of families, they got a lot of quantity together. And then it was like, what are we going to do with our time? And how do we structure our time? And how much is free time? And how much are outings? And how much is um, you know people alone, people together, family meals? Now, people are busy. So I, to me, the secret sauce is carving out small moments of time, whether it is family dinners, which you know we love if people can do it with um, even a few family members, if people are working or having different after-school activities. Um, On the weekend, if people can agree of when are we going to do some family time together. But really, I've been hearing more and practicing more of quality over quantity. What what, what are your thoughts, Laura? Yes, I'm nodding enthusiastically and um, also, you know, feeling this deeply myself personally, because we were all on automatic pilot with our busy lives before the pandemic. And we got a taste of slowing down, you know, slower living, more quality family time, and just generally more time, right? Now, everything seems back, even though we were preparing for this mentally, now that we're actually in it, it's a different thing. And part Mm -hmm. of it is we're out of practice, we're not used to it, maybe a little inner resistance. I don't want to go back to what it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm also kind of hearing this from different family members and friends that have kids of different ages. It's like all of a sudden, all the sports practices seem just too much. All of the lessons, all of the music. And so one thing that I've heard from a few friends is just a little more picking and choosing. We all kind of realized that things could sort of go away and it the world didn't stop. So, you know, maybe your child's not on like three soccer teams. (laughs) They're only on one or maybe two Mm -hmm. picking and choosing. If they're into theater and they really like the musical, maybe they don't need to do the drama if that's what the fall play is. And just keeping a little bit of a slower pace to maintain joy and happiness, which is something I think a lot of people found during the pandemic. And I will add for our family, We've tried to do the dinners, but one thing that we try to do as often as we can is a Sunday breakfast because Mm. Sunday morning seems to be a time where, you know, we have older teens, they have been home. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we've started as a tradition. Now that's paused. Our daughter's off to college and our son's back with his scheduled stuff, but that made a difference over the Mm -hmm. summer when all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking at teens that are working socializing, maybe taking a class and didn't see them. So, and and nobody was really happy with that. I will say this is a parent asking, but I can tell you having, you know, late teen kids, they weren't as happy as they had been with more time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Right. How does that sound in terms yeah, of your practice? Really, and- I really like the idea of choosing. And so what you're talking about really hits home in that just because many communities and people are fortunately living like post-pandemic, even though we're still not quite to endemic yet, no. um, but we're going in the right direction. It doesn't mean we have to go all the way back to the same level of busyness because to your point, a lot people found a lot of peace and a lot of uh, le- less stress and like enjoying time, (laughs) enjoying not being as scheduled, enjoying not having to show up at all of those things we all feel obligated to show up. in. so, so maybe another part of the secret besides quality is to look at do, does everyone in the family need to be doing everything that they're doing? Or are there some places, uh, there are things that can be cut out to actually allow for a little more time? 
I love that. Yeah. And and generally it feels very aligned with what we're doing at Parent Footprint of just, mm-hmm. you know, making the world a better, more loving, compassionate and accepting place. And one way to do that is to, you know, really in my personal opinion is to try to take one or two of the big lessons we've learned over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. live it out. So yeah. Right. I really appreciated this question because I had been feeling it and not able to name it until I mm-hmm. received this. Okay, going on to number two. How do I talk to my emotionally immature, it says tween, teen, so I'm thinking someone 12, 13, mm-hmm. kind of on the verge of all that, about the now recirculating try not to cry challenge on social media where kids mm-hmm. challenge each other to watch a very sad video and not cry. It's really upsetting stuff. Help. Mm-hmm. I have not heard of this, Dr. Dan. And it's like all the listeners, right. yet another thing we need to Google or what is this? It doesn't yes. sound good. There are a lot of things on social media which at face value seem to be okay. And when you dig a little deeper, we find out that they're they're not that okay. Um, some messages stronger than others. Um, and some more um, negatively impactful than others. This one, you know, again, it seems like, okay, no big deal. Just watch something sad and try not to cry. Like I, I remember our kids showing us a different one of someone trying to slam a, um, a um, carbonated water and try not to burp, you know, like, and then like, bad things happen, but it doesn't seem so bad at the beginning, the beginning. Um, so this one, who so, knew? yeah, who knew there was so many ways. Um, so for this one, we, as parents have to remember that, um, social media, TikTok, this is, has become part of the social fabric of most tweens and teens lives, if not some of the older children. And that, they're going to want to engage in the things that all their friends are talking about and sharing. So I think Mm -hmm. the first thing is we have to know that and acknowledge it and even validate it when we're coming in to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So I think the first thing is like, yeah, here this is going around. Uh, People are talking about it. I know it's very popular. Um, But here's the thing, some things we want you to consider that there is a lot of sad, disturbing stuff that, first of all, it's healthy to share your emotions, your human emotions, and to experience your human emotions when you see sad things. It's also, because scary things can pop into these things too. So it's also normal Mm -hmm. to be scared by some of the content that you might see. And we know that there's a lot of peer pressure that goes into this. I'd like you just to consider that you don't have to participate and to really think twice before you send on to someone else um, because it's these things can really impact your feelings and they really can stay with you. So the other thing we'd ask right. you is if some of these things are feeling a little disturbing to you, feel free to come and talk to us about it um, because it's important to get this stuff out. Because I think what happens so often is kids are in doing this in their rooms. It's quiet. There's no one around. And even though they feel like they're with people, they're very isolated 
watching images which can be very sad and very disturbing, and especially for our sensitive, highly sensitive kids, they don't just go in and out of your mind. You act, It stays with you, and then you dream about them, and then you think about them for days. So I think it's more of a conversation, and what you're trying to do in these conversations is not try to be right, um, not trying to say you can't do this. All of those things, of course, will just make a teen say, oh, no, I'm going to do it uh, with or without your permission. So we're really, really trying to connect and have a conversation. The other thing I will say is try not to make these conversations too long. We had a podcast uh, a while back, and this book was great. It was One of the premises in it was you basically have a minute per age of your child to have a conversation with them. So just know if we're talking to a 12 year old, like 12 minutes is tops. And that's probably could be too long unless they're really engaged. Right. Right. Well, one of the things I love about our listeners and generally our show and our community is we can all learn and we can also, you know, offer sympathy and feel empathy towards others. Right. So Mm -hmm. thinking about this question, and realizing in our family, we probably didn't go through a lot of that because the just presence of TikTok and some of these things mm-hmm. just wasn't as strong. It wasn't as kind right. of viral. And so I'm used to some of the sillier stuff like the more physical things or try this or, you know, the things that did at one point take over the headlines that were dangerous, right? like the Tide Pod challenge and some right. things that were could be fatal. Mm -hmm. But hearing this, in some ways, I thought, you know, without, none of these are good. But hearing about kind of the emotional torture. Mm -hmm. Or trauma. Emotional trauma. trauma, Yeah. Yeah. These challenges are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how do parents even know, you know, I guess for me, I'm asking, you know, if I were in the shoes of this um, person, if if you don't know if your child's watched it, should you still bring it up? I guess that's the thing I'm thinking, like planting oh, right. the seed of that is, but if you've heard about it, um, I don't I, know. Or, yeah, or, that's actually a good question because some people say, well, don't say something because then your child might go check it out, right? And you don't yes. want to have them check out something that you're not wanting them to check out anyway. So if you tell <laughs> right. them, you're actually leading them there. I think if something, if you're hearing about from that something's in the news, if something's with at your friends when you're getting together and people are talking about it with your friend group, I lean on the side of let's have a conversation. Hey, I've been hearing that something that this is going around. Is this something that you're familiar with? And you don't have to get too in depth with it. You know, you just want right. to be here. Um, no, we're not. I don't even know what that is. Or oh yeah, everyone's looking at that. And then you start your conversation. So to answer your question, I think you lean into it if you have enough um, feedback from the universe that this is pretty present. That's great advice. And and one of the reasons I asked that was some of you wonderful listeners might be hearing about this for the first time while you're um, plugged in listening to our bonus episode. And so as I'm thinking this through, that is that's really comforting advice because these things are not going away. That's the thing. You know, I'm used to different iterations. My kids are older, but if this is something now, there'll be Mm -hmm. other things that are more geared towards an emotional X, Y, and Z challenge, which is just, you know, fill in the missing word. And I'm thinking who would ever want to watch upsetting videos? Right. And it gets gets worse than that. It gets way worse than that. And I think, yeah, I think uh, what I'm thinking about is um, 
emotional literacy and mm-hmm. thinking back because you know I'm like you of course where we feel fortunate that TikTok didn't come into like the very end of our kids uh growing up <laughs> yeah. um but I think back so let's go back to commercials and what we were taught as parents is it's not about not watching commercials it's about talking to your kids about what's behind commercials and to be a um to be analytical to actually you know analyze, okay, what are they selling? What's the message? What are they wanting you to think? What are they wanting you to do? And so that's a sort of emotional literacy or media literacy. And I think it's the same conversation as when we talk about social media. It's like, okay, who who's creating these? What are they wanting to evoke? What is their mm-hmm. goal? And is this something that you do want to be a part of? Or is this something that you want to sidestep? So it's, it's to be a, like a, you know, a wise, knowledgeable, um, conscious ingester of information instead of a passive one. This is a great conversation. I love it. And I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying, as we all are teaching our children that are, you know, these digital natives, mm-hmm. social media, you know, users from birth, basically, that what you're doing on the internet and on social is permanent. So I, I think mm-hmm. some of the extension of these challenges is, you know, then they're asking kids to record themselves, you know, being distraught or crying or participating. Yep. And so maybe tying it into that other lesson of, yep. you, know, right. you wouldn't do this or you wouldn't take a picture of that. This is kind of the same thing. Totally. So proceed with caution. Totally. Well, thank you for this wonderful question. question. All our questions are wonderful, but yeah. this really, um, it's, it's rare that I don't know exactly what someone's talking about. So. <laughs> Okay. Um, this one's a tough one. It made me kind of sad. My partner and I are listeners who do not have children. Recently, some of our friends have decided to be childless by choice because of the last few years of pandemic stress, things like baby formula shortages and the general state of the world. Any advice for us about making the life-changing decision to have or not to have kids? Mm-hmm. This heavy, is, right? Yeah, really heavy and really real. Um, I know that, um, we have this conversation with our kids or, and these, our kids have this, these conversations with us, um, even though they're a few years away, um, Mm -hmm. from these decisions, but they actively are talking about it. Like, why would I want to bring a child into this world with this and this and this and this and this? And, you know, what we find ourselves doing is actually engaging in the conversation, not trying to talk them in or out of anything. So I, so for this, these are older uh, listeners, um, parent age, I just, I just want to validate that um, I respect and commend that you are giving it this much thought because all of the reasons you've mentioned, and there's far more, are completely valid and significant reasons to, to make a a choice like this. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think not rushing into parenthood is a really good idea. And for particularly for those that are still in the biological age range, which has gotten longer and longer, where you can wait to see how things play out a little longer. Um, I think it's not a bad thing as well. There doesn't have to be a hurry to this. Um, we've had, there's more and more people, and we had a podcast on this as well, of people who are choosing to not have children and really taking on the, what seems to be at times a stigma for parents choosing or adults choosing not to have kids. Right. 
right? Um, oh, and equally, adults choosing not to get married or be in relationship, right? So yes. there's there's many more there's many more conversations about choice. Um, I would say, at times, I have to admit, man, the parenting thing. There's there's so much joy and there is a lot that goes with it. Yes. And you, we all know people who chose not to have kids. And at times we look at them and we're like, man, that was pretty wise. Right. So I think there's like there's there's obviously pros and cons to both. They look younger than us. They, do. they look a lot younger they than us. They look a lot younger. They have a lot more freedom. Yeah, okay. We've had we're more gonna go sleep. down the no, rabbit no, no. hole. No, we're no, no. We're we're right? we're kinda, you know, you yeah. can make an yeah. argument for both sides easily. I right. Think. And right. I think it's I think that's also part of this process is um and there is literature out there for people who um are are wanting to explore this more. But even having the conversations about the pros and cons on all of these different dimensions, right? On, on climate, on economy, on finances, on um, freedom, on travel, on getting older, and you know who's there or not there as you get older. How many um, other young people are in your lives? Because a lot of these people are also wonderful aunties and uncles and mentors and community people, right? There's so much yes, more yes, yes. to family these days. And what people talk about is their chosen family. So I guess I just want to honor this question and give it as much time as you can while you're... Um, really um exploring all of these really important things that that's a, a minute for us to all kind of sit with that's a yeah. brilliant dr dan point of view really informed very respectful emphasis on the dialoguing it's a personal choice um i would like to say that um this idea of making a choice during these fraught times feels like a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so if you have that opportunity, like you said, if the ages are kind of allowing for more time to explore, I, I would yeah. also weigh in on that being a great thing because things are rapidly changing and hopefully going a little more in the right direction here or there. Um, but mm. it's hard to know. Yeah, you know? it is hard and to it, know. So I, and I will say the shout out for one of our shows that had the childless by choice were um, the wonderful hosts of um, true beauty Brooklyn podcast, a sister yep. Yep. show on exactly right. And right. Um, we had a great conversation about right. their choices and their business. Yes. And right. it was, it was really great. And I felt like when I thought about that just now, it's, seems like the pressure to try to make a decision that this um question has yes. you know, implied right it's like right now we're all just trying to figure out how to go back out to a restaurant that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. a lot to, you know you can't decide yeah. in right. one conversation keep keep your right. options open and explore yeah and and it also makes me think when doing clinical work with with people that there's a there's an idea that don't make any big decisions while you're clinically depressed or try not to make any big decisions mm -hmm. while you're clinically depressed because it's hard to make those decisions when one is not feeling fully oneself um and as our exactly right media fellow podcasters would say something like 
there is a lot of shit going down. A yeah. lot. And um, our, our guides from the cosmos, those people mm-hmm. who are uh, into astrology and uh, those other uh, ways of thinking and knowing are also saying things are going to be kind of rough for a while, yes. even into uh, 2023. So whatever it's one true. believes, yeah. um, life's going to be complicated for a while. So again, just to... Right. So just be, be, mindful be mindful of all of this, because yeah. I mean, there's a real mental health crisis, you know, with our young people. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say our not so young people, you know, right. everyone's really kind of stretched yeah. as a little thin. So, okay. So we're ending kind of back where we started with the back to school theme, you know, very specific about a back to school scenario. This is, um, college and sounds like a new college freshman. Hi, Dr. Dan. And this came in via an email. Our oldest daughter just started college and she's very happy. I was like, that's great. What do you have a question about then? (laughs) In fact, we are worried she is too happy. (laughs) I've never heard of that, but we, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love this question. We are only hearing about her social life parties, new friends, clubs, and extracurricular activities, but nothing so far about classes, professors, or homework. She's been there a while. Help. So, wow. I want to, I would like to be this college student is what I was thinking. Me too. Um, Okay. So... The saying that comes to mind, which you guys have all heard me say at times, is a problem is not a problem unless it's a problem. So is this a problem? We don't yet know, right? We don't yet know. It just might be that your daughter is having, has a lot of capacity, is taking all in all of the social opportunities in the school, in the uh, larger community, and is hopefully going to class. So a few things. One is, if things are not going right, you ultimately do find out because you do find out when your child, even though that you don't get information, you do find out when your child's on probation when they generally when they want money from you, right? There's there's there there are some triggers, um, yep. and and the good news about colleges, you don't just get kicked out. You can be on like probation and double secret probation and all of that stuff. Okay, but I'm not trying to scare anyone. You can have, you can ask some very benign questions. Again, not in a way to get defensiveness, like, wow, you sure are having a lot of fun. Are you going to class? But something like, hey, so um, we're wondering, like, what, um, how are your professors? Um, What, do you have a favorite class? Do you have a favorite professor? Uh, What do you like about it? Hey, so what's the workload like? What are you finding with the other students? Like, are people pretty social? Are people kind of hermits? Or, um, I mean, I remember my roommate freshman year, um, the first midterms, we were both up very late studying. And his midterm was much earlier than mine. And I woke up to my alarm and he was still sleeping. And I woke him up. I'm like, dude, your midterm started 45 minutes ago. And he just looked at me and he put his head down on the pillow. And he went back to sleep. Um, this guy who was a good friend of mine, he graduated. It all worked out fine. So it's like it, it, things are starting to stop. But I guess the, the main point is I, I would rejoice in the fact that your child is seemingly thriving. And I understand the other question about the paid experience that they're having that you are funding. And I think it's about trying to have some benign conversation, which honors the independence, which really like supports the 
the excitement and the fun and trying to like chip away as you can to see if you can get any information to put your own nerves at rest for as long as possible. Dr. Dan, you are so good. I just Oh, you're I, my, I, I, my I, biggest fan, everyone. <laughs> I'm converted. <laughs> I'm his publicist, his producer, his, you know, everything. Bodyguard. But I'm I'm yep. sitting here, you know, yep. true, yep. bodyguard, so yep. watch out. Yeah. Because again, I think, you know, without our trained minds as just not a professional like you and an expert and with the appropriate degrees, this child might really just be given the good headlines and the highlights of all the positive stuff. And I joked about that's not an issue if you have a child that seems to be happy and just, you know, coming off our daughter in her first year and she did really well, but she did have some homesickness and Mm -hmm. kind of growing into being farther away from home um, than she was used to. She right. Doesn't nice this seem of, good? Of, Doesn't yeah. this one seem good? You're like, this one would have been a little easier than that one. And that start. Yeah. yeah. And the balance, yeah. you know, yeah. of realizing that just because your child is raving about the raves or whatever right. they're going to, right. it doesn't mean, you know, if you know your child, son or daughter, um, have some trust. You always talk about us trusting our kids right. And, right. and respecting them. And so, I'm thinking maybe this daughter is just so excited and exuberant and those probing questions will just allay all of the fears of the parents because I mean, it's, it's somebody, yeah, somebody crying, you know, every time the phone rings and you know, yeah, that's the other extreme, but the other extreme, but would you say generally that can this sort of, you know, find a balance if this is all you're hearing can this parent or parent team feel like it is going to work out or they'll know it? It's not really their job to. Yeah, I think I snoop think too much. No, I, th- I feel like you go with it. And then p- part of this challenge that we all have, or many of us being so connected to our kids when they're at home and then going off is letting them have some independence. And I know there's people who are still tracking their kids when they're in college because it makes them feel better. But I can tell you, I recently had a client that was tracking their kid in college and then they're like, why are they in the emergency room? And then they couldn't talk about why their kid was in the emergency room because their kid didn't tell them while they were in the oh. emergency room. And maybe that kid was with a friend, right. right? Like, so like there's a need for separation that we need to have and know that our kids are on their path. And if a child is having too, a student is having too much fun at the expense of, um, studies, that is probably the most common, um, one of the most common things that happen that needs to course correct. And I've seen this time and time again with people having so much fun that if they do get in trouble because they're not going to class or their grades are stopping or uh, dipping, that being on, let's say, probation or something where they just are on notice is a tremendous motivation for them wanting to stay in the environment that they're having so much fun in. Right. And then as yes. parents, instead of this threatening, it's more like, okay, we just have to have a realistic conversation with you, though, you know, if it doesn't work, you're, you have to come home. Right. So, and you know, your room's still here for you. If that's, if that's yeah. what you want to trade in. So no, again, part is... of it is like, how do we help them grow if there is something where they need to course correct? Right. And this is, I mean, I'm doing it as the person discussing this with you, which is, they are launched. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I read this even thinking about it as, you know, you're really helicoptering and that's just what we all do. But guess what? 
right, that tracking, that constant contact that maybe let it play out. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of a, a bigger lesson really to, to end on, which is just as our kids are launching, whether it's getting back into the routine of busyness or right. going off to college and being right. able to thankfully go off to college, some COVID kids never left their bedroom. Their college was on Zoom. And so right. having a little bit of trust and faith and and kind of letting it happen um, feels really healthy because, oh my gosh, right. so many parents I know are tracking on that. Yeah, I won't name brands, but yes. there's like a certain app that everyone yep. does that has like a number in it. And it's yep. just, yep. Um, that's not cool. I mean, yeah. personally, I'm yeah. feeling well, no, I agree with you. And not, and again, I'm getting away from this question. So, um, or piggybacking on this question is for mm -hmm. parents who have kids in college. I think we should be considering not communicating as much because what is now normal a lot of the times is Snapchats, Instagram, um, regular FaceTimes and texts multiple times a day. Like that's become normal. And in our day and age, right, there was barely an answering machine, let alone a cell phone. Right. And I remember my Sunday calls with my parents. And I, so it's just part of the thing is our culture of communication with technology has changed. And as a result, I don't think we are always aware of how present we are in our kids' daily lives in stages of development when they actually need some space and they need some problems to happen so they can maybe solve them with their resources and their friends without us knowing everything and stepping okay. into solving things with them or yes. for them. Okay, this is pure episode gold. I, I, I wish we could like release this to every single listener that's ever listened to our show because that is brilliant. And developmentally for our children, our students, our teens, and us as parents. This is, yes. this was, wow. Dan, thank you. We Laura. really covered so many good topics and we always I'm kind of happy to be back in the swing of fall and back to school in yeah. September and um, yes. seeing what our listeners want to talk to you yeah. about. It's, it's always really just a privilege and a really great learning opportunity. I feel the same way. And listeners, thank you guys so much. Um, there is no there is no parent footprint without the community. So uh, again, please know how much we are so grateful for you listening and for bringing all these new members to our audience and people who are such caring people, right? Who so agree yes. with our mission of uh, making this world, being authentic, being mindful, trying to make this world more loving and compassionate and literally one person at a time, one moment at a time. It sounds at times cheesy, but it's not, it's real. And it, and that's, so that's, real. that's how it works. So everyone, you know, you can subscribe on the Wondery app to hear all of our bonus episodes and our podcasts, our podcast ad free. If that is something that you like to do. Um, we drop our new episodes every Thursday of Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. You know where to follow us because you have been. We love you rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We're so grateful. Remember to ask yourself the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave? See you next time. This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Mountain Spring High, composed and performed by Gabriel Lewis. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. 
follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.